So this series is You Asked For It, and we have got uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, and we're actually, uh, I'm breaking this sermon into two parts. You have five questions today, and uh, we'll do six, seven, and eight next Sunday, and we'll ask, they'll be, uh, you know, answering why and this and that and the other, but this was a question that said, how do you pray a prayer of faith? How do you pray in faith? Well, first of all, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. Amen? Everything works in him. And if you're in him, in Christ, you become a new creation, and then old things are passed away. What are the old things? We'll talk a little bit about that too. The old way you used to do it. Because, you know, I found out my grandma, my grandma, I loved them. They, they believed in Jesus, but they didn't believe right. You know, you can believe wrong, Christian. So sometimes you got to readjust. I mean, so we all have to check ourselves and, and, and dive into the, wor- into the Word of God, and that's the key. So um, the first rule, number one rule, praying. Are you ready? This is not in your notes. This is, it's at the top, but number one rule for results to your prayer is it's got to be based on the promises of God. Lord, help me ain't enough sometimes. Jesus, take the wheel. That, 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 that's not enough. It might work when you first get saved because Jesus is merciful and grace, full of grace and, and all that, but that you got to learn to mature. I mean, there's some babies in the house, and they're on the bottle. You can hand them a spoon, and they won't know what to do with it. But once they get of age, is what I always say, I can go to my mama's house and eat anything I want to, but she's not going to feed me. She's going to give me a a plate and a fork, and I'm going to have to feed myself. There comes a point where you have to feed yourself on the Word of God and quit blaming Him for everything that goes wrong. Somebody was in a beauty pageant, and they didn't win. Well, the, the, everything happens for a reason, and the Lord, no. Well, God's, and I, I just heard somebody say, well, God's not in the beauty pageants. Yes, he is. There was a girl, we went to youth camp years back, and she stood up and testified, said, God's called me to be in a beauty pageant. And I was one of them rolled my eyes. I'm like, What? She was second place in Miss America, and she sang to God be the glory on national TV. That's what God wanted her to do. And she testified to every girl in the place, and her testimony went out over the nation, and then she traveled and sang to God be the glory. That was her theme song. And that, so that, that's where, this, you know, but most of those girls are up there to, about them. She was up there about him. And so that's what our life has to be about is him and everything the Bible says that all things that you desire be added to you when everything's about him. So let's make our life about him. It's going to be some ouches every now and then because you're going to realize, you know, I'm not making that about him. I'm making that about me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus will make you happy. He said he'll give you joy. And following him is lots of joy. Didn't say it would all be happiness, but it'd be joy. It's not always fun, but it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of joy and a lot of fun serving God. And if you never had any joy or fun serving God, then you're not serving him right. You're doing it out of obedience, religion, 
okay, I'll go to church. Okay, that's religion. We serve him because we love him. And because we love him, he adds things to us. Huh? Okay, okay. All right, I'll quit. There are 750 promises in the New Testament. They're duplicated, so let's roll it back down to 250. Which one are you standing on? Do you have one you're standing on? 250. Are you standing on anyone? Is there a promise that I'm standing on the promises of Christ my King? I am standing on this one. It's mine. It's mine. The Bible talks about faith. You can have great faith, weak faith, little faith, shipwrecked faith, fake faith. But it talks about having the spirit of faith. We got some Marines in the house, and they have the esprit de corps, the spirit of the corps. They're a Marine. Even though they haven't been in the Marines for years, they're a Marine in here. You're a Christian in here. And you need to have a certain spirit about you. I'm going to make it whether God answers my prayers or not. I'm going I'm to love him no matter what. I'm going to live for Jesus no matter what. That's the spirit of faith. I don't care if I get, you know, if I never get another prayer answered, I'm still going to serve God. I have had too much. I know him too well. He's in me. So that's the spirit of faith that you've got to start changing your thinking. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. That whining doesn't help nothing. That's a prayer to the devil. Didn't even know that. Okay, I'm sorry. So 2 Peter 3, 9. Let's read this scripture. This, I picked this one as a promise. This is a promise every one of you need to be standing on. And I'm like, really? Yeah, because if you put Jesus first, this is your promise. And, and, and we had a rally this morning, and it said, go make disciples. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. Hmm. But his long-suffering towards us, towards you, say towards me, that God's long-suffering towards me. Are you long-suffering to people? You on my last nerves. You say one more thing. That's not long-suffering, is it? Thank God that God's long-suffering. That he's kind. But it's the only faith that moves him. Not whining. Here we go. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So who, who wants who want who does God want to be saved? Yeah. Everybody. There are some people that teach, well, you know, God knew they wasn't going to get saved, and he didn't. Uh-uh. God wants everybody saved. And the most impossible people that you think they could never get saved, Jesus said nothing is impossible. Talking about salvation, that it's harder for a rich man to go through. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to be saved. It's not about money. It's about who people have their trust in. And, And Jesus said all things are possible with God. So remember, all things are possible with God. Never give up that all things are possible with God. That's a part of your spirit of faith. Okay? Now, the Bible also teaches that everybody has faith. Everybody. Can you say it with me? I have faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. When you got saved, you ha- faith's what saved you. You heard the word. You heard, and maybe you was like me. You come down and, get, and told the pastor, I want to get saved. 
And he led me in a prayer. Actually, he came to my house because my mama called him the week before and said, my son wants to get saved. And on a, on a Tuesday night, he could, we sat in the backyard, and he led me to Jesus. And, man I, man, I told all my friends I got saved. I was probably a third, fourth grader. And then Sunday, I walked down made it public, got baptized. That didn't, baptism didn't save me. It's what I had already had on the inside. So, so it was faith. I heard that I needed Jesus, and my faith made me get up and move. Faith will move you. Y'all sure are quiet today. So I've got eight steps, and we're only going through five today. All right? And we'll finish them next Sunday. Because I didn't, you know, I don't want to keep you here to 3 o'clock, because I can go to 3 o'clock. Number one, y'all ready? Write it down. Decide what you want or hope for from God. What is it that you think you need? Well, number one, you put Jesus first. And then you start, God will start prompting you, you need this. You need to change. You need me. You need me more. How about being a disciple maker? Are you ready to witness? Well, I don't know, Pastor. It makes me nervous. Well, then you need to be asking him for boldness. He said he'll give you boldness. Well, I don't know what to say. Then he said, ask for wisdom. James said, ask for wisdom. So, so, so we're going to use our faith to get boldness, to get wisdom. And, and, and I know that wisdom. You, you can use your faith, James, to, to get money. Nothing wrong with having money. It's a tool. How about use your faith to get a car? You need another car. How about using your faith to get a wife? The Bible says if a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And that's a godly desire. So, women, you need to be that good thing somebody's looking for. And men, you better pray. And you need to be a man of prayer. Okay, that's all we're going to say about that. <laughs> Don't go on to meddling. Here we go. Anyway, you need to be specific. You need to be definite. Come on. Enough to recognize the answer. If you're believing for a job, you know what? You, nowhere in the Bible does it say that, that Fred is going to be a, 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 a beautician or a welder or a lawyer or an Indian chief. You have to learn to be led. I need a job, and so I'm going to apply. That may not be the job. The, the first job you get may not be the one that, that you're supposed to fit in, but it's a step. Huh? I worked a whole lot of jobs in school. I mowed yards. That was a step to learn how to keep up with all the yards that I was mowing. Then I took a step and worked at a grocery store. Man, you work for your mama, you have it made. Not my mama, Jack. I mopped and I cleaned and I stocked and I worked. And I'm like, no Friday nights, no Saturday nights. I'm working at the store. She was tough. My brother-in-law's here. You ask him. He worked for her too. We both worked for her. We're like, whew. She's tough, but it's business. It ain't about being the son and you working. And so it's a step. And then you take, I work the summer jobs. I, man, I've hauled uh, pup wood. I've hauled hay. I figured out hauling hay wasn't for me. It wasn't enough in that. Three cents a bale, that's $3 for 100 bales. Golly, you learn how to add pretty quick. This don't add up. It's hot, sweaty, anyway. Let's get going. So, so faith is a measurable force. 
You ever thought about it? It's measurable. You can have big faith, little faith, weak faith. But Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, little old bitty faith that you can't hardly see, but you operate in it, and you learn how to operate in your little faith, you can move mountains. It ain't about how big it is. Well, I don't have enough faith. That, no, you got faith. You don't know how to use it. Huh? You don't know how to use it. And so we need to learn how to develop and use our faith. And so, so Mark 4, uh, 28, uh, it says this is where the sower sows the word. And, and, and you read through it, things choke the word. Once you pray, you think the devil's going, well, they prayed, it's over. No, he's coming now. I can't let them have that. I can't let that testimony get out. I can't let them be healed. I can't let them have a new car. I can't let them have peace. If they have peace, I can't control them anymore with worry. Huh? Is he controlling you with worry and fear and doubt? And, uh, I can't go to Walmart. I might get sick. Huh? I, I can't help Clayton and get those kids over there at that school. I, I, I need my money. I need to save up. I might need, I'm going to need a new dryer. Okay. And Mark 4.28 says, But the other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Well, what is that about? It's how they applied their faith. So, so let's establish something. This is God's word. This is what he said. This is still viable today. It's not a book of stories that, that were of old and it's not for today. Those stories are testimonies for us to have. Old Testament wars that they fought are the spiritual wars that we fight today. They fought the devil in the flesh. We fight the devil in the spirit with the word of God. And there are promises in here that you have got to have that God wants you to have. But why don't he just give them to me? He wants you to live by faith. The Bible says the just will live by faith. Who? means I got to do something? Man, I heard a statistic, and it's not us, not us. 80% of Americans are lazy. They want to do it the easy way. Not us, though. We're not in that crew. Not us. 80% just whatever comes easy is what I want to do. I want to go to work and not have to work. I want to get my broom, and I'm supposed to sweep, and I'm going to sweep right on into the bathroom. And sweep the bathroom for about 45 minutes. Huh? That's not us. Come on. We're the 20% that are going to believe God. They're not going to be lazy in our faith. And not just going to be wishy-washy. James said, man, if you, you, you're wishy-washy, you're up and down, you're unstable in all your ways. And it doesn't take nothing to make you crumble. doesn't take nothing to make you fear. That's not us. We're the people of God. We fight the good fight of faith. That's the scripture. Fight the good fight of faith. We got a spirit of faith. We're going to stand with God. If I die tomorrow, hey, you know what? I'm going to heaven. I still win. 
So while we're here on the earth, we're supposed to be establishing the kingdom. We're supposed to be partnering with God. Me and God's got this. I don't have it, but me and God's got it. And as long as I got a hold of him, I can go anywhere. I'm like a toddler. Man, I, I take my grandsons by the hand, and I've drug them. I'm carrying them. I've drug them. I put them on my back, take them up the mountain hiking. They think they did a great job, but I'm the ones pulling them up the hill. And that's the way God does me. He pulls me along, and I'm trying to keep up with him. And if I let go of his hand, you know what happens? I'm flat on my face. And if I get ahead of him, I fall flat on my face. The Bible says that being that we should be a disciples, and I read a, a thing that a disciple so close to the teacher, if you're following Jesus, the dust off his feet gets on you. And we need to be right behind him, following him wherever he goes. Amen? So, number two, the scripture that promises, find the scripture that promises the answer you need. I just talked about this is God's word. So if it's God's word, it's God's will. If you're wondering what the will of God is, there are certain things that you should say, say, Lord, if it be your will. But most of the time, you can find a scripture where you're not quoting, Lord, it be your will. You're finding a scripture that you stand on, a scripture that you put in your heart and in your mouth and that you pray. Find that scripture. I put a book together back there. It's a free book. It costs us $3, and we give it away. And it's promise after promise after promise after promise to help them put in your heart. Psalms 91, the whole thing's a promise. Psalms 91 is a promise that God protect you, that God will keep you, that you're, he knows you, you know him. Deuteronomy 28 is full of promises. Deuteronomy 18. 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.17, what is all those? Or promises. And God wants you to partner with him. Now, if any of you got kids in here, or you were a kid at one time, it's hard to believe, but I was a kid at one time. I said what my daddy said. I said what my mama said. I said what, I learned I couldn't say what my grandpa said. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that's what that means? I can't, what? But it's so exciting to watch your child say what you say and they learn the lessons that you teach them. We're supposed to say what God said. We're supposed to learn the lessons God teaches. We're supposed to speak what he says. We're supposed to say what he says. When we see a problem, we don't say it sure is dark out there. We see the darkness and we call light to come in the name of Jesus. We find the promise that God promised and we speak the promise to our children. That, that confession there, I confess that over my kids, that they would understand the word of God, that they'd be able to sing it, that they'd be able to teach it, that they'd be able to say it. And they'd be able to witness to people. With their words of their mouth, they had kids, they were praying for other kids. They would pray for their cousins. Well, y'all might not want to come over. They got fever. My kids say, let's go. And they'd pray for them. You, you've got to train up your child, but you need to train yourself. Your kids are watching you. It's easy to train somebody when they just watch you. And so we need to train ourselves the Scripture. So look at 2 Peter 1 and 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace are coming when you 
get knowledge of God. Look at verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Listen, divine power has been given to us through the word of God. Divine power. You're waiting on God to undertake. He's already undertook. He sent Jesus to the cross to shed his blood for you so you could be a child of God, so you could inherit some divine power. Wow. When I go to pray for somebody, it's not Brett going in there. It's the divine power of God. So I'm Brett McClary. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, but I'm Brett McClary first. I have to be a believer. And it's not because I'm a power, a pastor I've got this divine power. I'm a believer I've got this divine power. Because there's a whole bunch of pastors that don't believe they have the divine power of God. But it's given to everybody. Woo, that ought to make you shout. You missed a good chance. Because you need some divine power. We need it. I can't make it without it. Man, I'd have quit a long time ago and just went off and been a hermit. And so here's the thing. Uh, we have his divine power. Look at verse 4. By which you have been given, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. These promises from God are great and precious. Clayton has promised everybody. He's going to buy them a, 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 an apple pie at Hardy's. You just got to be there at 2 o'clock to get it. Y'all didn't go? No, I didn't either. But listen, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you might or you may be a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. Strong desire will pull the faith out of you. Strong desire for worldly things. That's the lust you see. Wait a minute, partaker. Partaker, partake. The people that raised their hand went and partook of the carnival. The rest of us didn't. How many know that you can partake of the promises and receive? I didn't even know there was any promises. That's why I haven't been, things haven't been happening in my life. I don't have any divine power because I haven't been partaking of the promises of God. Huh? You see the light bulb going off here? We have to be a partaker of God. Say what he says. Do what he does. You know, Jesus is walking, and he just goes over to the pool. And everybody else keeps walking. They're talking and arguing about what they're going to eat for lunch, and Jesus is being led. I'm going to the pool to pray for somebody. He's a partaker of the divine nature. We're supposed to be partakers of the divine nature. And we do it by faith. God wants to partner with us and, and for us to use our faith and to believe him for better grades in school. Kids, youth, college age, huh? A, a, a better job, peace in our house. Hmm? Okay. Y'all sure are quiet today. 
So, so make up your mind today to be a partaker. That means you're going to have to study. Oh, oh, I don't want to study. Then perhaps somebody put the radio on, somebody preaching to you. Put the word in you, have you get it. There's no excuse. There's YouTube. There's, there's different preachers, and make sure they're firing you up. If they ain't firing you up, if they're beating you down, turn that mess off. If they're not firing you up to, to stand on the Word of God, to believe God, if they're not talking to you, there's too many people out there. There's a guy that all he does is God stories. Man, they fire you up. He's the one I told about was driving down the road, and he said, Lord, just let me witness to somebody today. And there was somebody with a flat. He goes, what about him? And he turned, pulled over and backed up, and the guy had a spare, but he didn't have the tools. And he's, and he's trying to talk to him about Jesus. He said, I'm changing the tire for him. I'm trying to talk to him about Jesus. And he didn't want to hear it. So he says, I took my business card and I wrote down a church and a pastor at, that was in that town. He said, man, if you, just, if you ever wanted to go to church, this is a great church. Go to church. Three weeks later, the pastor of that church called me. He said, man, next time you're in town, I need you to come see me. That guy was a drug enforcer, not for the DEA. He was a drug enforcer for a, a, a crime. And he was wanting to get out of it. And this guy stops to help him, starts telling him about Jesus, and that's how he's going to get out of it. He was going to get out of it in his own way. He was going to go kill the five bosses. On his way to kill the five bosses, has a flat and a Jesus man, or Jesus pulls up to help him. You're Jesus. But are you asking? Are you believing God? Are you using your faith? Connect me with somebody, Lord, that needs you. He'll give you the words to say. He'll give you the words to pray. He'll put somebody on your heart that you'll have to stand in the gap for. You ever, you ever thought, had some, why, do I keep, keep, why do they keep coming to my mind? Stand in the gap and pray, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But they're an heir of salvation. I don't care if they're saved or not. They're called to be saved. We already started that. They're an heir of salvation. Send angels to encamp about them. Holy Spirit, stir them. Send harvesters to harvest them. Send somebody to witness to them. That's how you pray. Lord, help them. No, no, no. You get more specific. The Lord will even tell you what to pray for them. To bind the spirit of drugs on them, alcohol on them, whatever. Break that spirit of divorce off their family. The Lord will tell you, you don't have to go tell them, but pray. So, so we're going we're gonna to be partakers. Hebrews 4.2, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You can mix your faith today with this word that you're hearing, or you can go, ah, I don't need that. I, I, I've told this story before, and, and then I told the story of my uncle, and they think it's two of them, but there was a man who bought this property, and he worked on it, and this guy drove up, and it was a beautiful piece of property. And he said, man, the Lord sure has blessed you with a beautiful piece of property. And the man looked at him and said, yep, but you ought to saw it when the Lord had it by himself. You see, God will give you a vision for something that is not yet. And by faith, you grab a hold of it, and by faith, God will show you how to change it and make it 
the vision that he put in your heart. See, my uncle bought a piece of property like that. It was a cutover. I mean, there was limbs everywhere and trees bent over and uh, just a mess. And my, my, when I go, I put pictures on Facebook. I don't do very many pictures, but that is a beautiful piece of property. But you ought to saw it when the Lord had it by himself. You see, the Lord doesn't do things without us. We're his help. Are you partnering with him? People are so blessed. Oh, they're so blessed. But most of them are partnering with God. God gives people inventions. The Bible says witty inventions, new ideals. He knows where there's hidden riches in secret places so he can bless his people. Somebody got the idea to make a padded chair that you're sitting in. Where did that come from? Somebody figured out that you could build a shot tower and drop hot lead a hundred and something feet and it would make a perfect round ball. What? Where did that come from? Where do these ideals come? People get these things and get by faith, they start asking God for things. Most of the people that you know that are geniuses, that sit around, they sit around a half a day just meditating, thinking of things and start writing visions down, ideals, things to invent. Giving time to God, let God use their, see, your imagination is God-given. But it can be used for wrong. But when you start getting your mind right, God will give you ideals. But then it's going to take faith. Ooh, okay, I made it. I'm out here now. I'm out here in faith. All right, Lord, what's my next step? So you got to get out of the boat to walk on the water. You got to get out of the, the, the normal thinking to start a ministry, to start a business. But you got to know as you're led, okay, my next, this is my next step. Lord, is this the right step? Whew, I need peace. You said I'd be led by peace. Okay, I feel, I feel peace. There's my next step. I'm, I'm by faith. I'm going to step out because I got peace. And then, whoo, wait a minute. Uh -uh, that don't feel right. Uh, this, this, okay, this feels right. Okay, Lord, help me. Help me now. What's my next step? And he may say, go back. Now, and, but I've already experienced that. And I know what's, it's good to know what's not right for you. Because what's right for her is not right for me. Because I have to be me and you have to be you. And you may never start a business, but you can always be led by God. You can be led by God at your job. You can be led by God in what you're doing, how you do it. Mm. If he can drill a screw and I can drill a screw, we're working at a job. The way he does it, it's best for him. The way I do it, it's best for me. And if I'm just as fast as him, who cares how, how I do it as long as I get the job done? Y'all with me? Involve God. Use your faith. Number three, I'll do this one in here because a lot of people get this wrong. Ask the Father in Jesus' name for what you desire. Okay, the kids back in the back, they're children. To give them understanding, we teach them about Jesus. But we don't pray to Jesus anymore, adults. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's the way Jesus set it up. 
So, so let's read the scripture. I'm just, just, because you know, we want to be right, don't we? Nod your head. All right. John 16, 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. That day is today. There are certain things you ask Jesus, but not very many. You go to the Father in Jesus' name. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So if you're going to stand and pray, then you need to stand in the blood of Jesus because it's him that you're asking through. So we're going to the Father who, who does not withhold any good thing as long as you're doing your part. I'm putting some of y'all asleep. Don't go to sleep on me. Because we got to do our part, don't we? Be holy as I'm holy. Wait a minute now. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Wait a minute now, Pastor. Those are hindrances to your faith. Those are hindrances to your love wall. And so we have got to, to forgive. We've got to, to, to let things go. But we need to be asking uh, the Father in Jesus' name. Amen? Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Number four. This is, this is, this is a difficult one to understand. Believe that you receive when you pray. Sometimes you got to pray again and again because you don't believe what you're praying. That's why you've got, see, this is why it's so important to find the promise. This is what God said. This is what God wants from me. This is going to make it easy for me to believe. How many of y'all believed when I said Clayton's going to buy y'all an apple pie at Hardy's? Anybody believe that? One, two, three. You ain't got much money to spend. There you go. I hear. I'll give you some money back. Yeah, just <laughs> rest of y'all. You know, well, some of you don't even like apple pies. But my point is, you have to learn to believe God's word and that God backs his word. God is not a man that he's a liar. Jesus does not lie. If God backs his word, then we can trust God. Do you trust God? Whether you do or not, nod your head. Start, start training yourself to believe God. Remember, uh, there was a singing group that came through. And they were, they was, uh, it was a, like a small choir. And this girl gave her testimony. She was raised by pastors. And she had to answer the phone, I believe God. Not hello, how are you today? Good morning, good evening. No, it was I believe God. They were training her to say, I believe God, so she would believe God. I believe God. And they would call and test her. And she's expecting one of her friends to call. She goes, hey. Nope, that's not how you answer the phone. I believe God. Can you say, I believe God? All right, we got to believe God no matter what. We got to believe God's for us. And God has made a way. So this is, this is the key. This is the key right here. You have to believe you have it now before you get it in the physical. So let's try to figure this out. How do we get it now? How do we get it now? You know, have you ever had somebody come up and say, oh, we're expecting a baby. Well, you don't look like you're pregnant. Your mind says that. But they got it. They know they are. You know, the Pastor Paul Cho in Korea had the largest church, over a million people. And he started out 
a little girl, he was dying of tuberculosis, and a little girl went and prayed for him, and he got healed. And he says, I got to tell everybody about this Jesus. And he started walking through the poverty-stricken towns and just telling people about Jesus. He's, and, and the Lord put it in him. <clears throat> you could reach a whole lot more people if you had a bicycle. And he goes, okay, I want a bicycle. And the Lord said, what kind of bicycle do you want? He goes, so you're getting specific. I want an American-made bicycle. Hard to get in Korea. I want a blue American-made, 10-speed. Getting specific now. And he says, Father, I thank you for a, a blue American-made, 10-speed bicycle. I thank you that it's mine in Jesus' name so I can preach the gospel all over Korea. And all of a sudden, they felt it. I got it. I got it. And he went and telling people, I've got a bicycle. They said, where's it at? He goes, it's in me. It's like I'm pregnant with it. I got a bicycle. And they started, oh, the pregnant preacher. He's the pregnant preacher with the bicycle. But it wasn't long. He started riding up on a blue 10-speed bicycle. And they said, we need to hear what you got to say. That's having it now before you have it in the physical. Calling those things as be not as though they were. How does that work? That, here's, another, here's another example. Y'all, any Christians in here going to heaven, wave at me. Uh, uh, you don't have it. You don't have it. But it's in here. I got it. Woo, I'm going to heaven. I got it. I can't have it now. It's my blessed hope. But I got it. I got heaven on the inside of me. And I'm going. I can't have it now, but it's, it's mine as soon as I, uh, I leave this body. That's calling those things that be not as though they were. That's receiving. Believe that you receive when you pray. When you pray and ask Jesus to come in your heart, heaven is given to you. But now you're supposed to represent God on the earth. And you need some divine power. And you need to start believing for things before you get it in the physical. That's mine. And you don't have to go tell everybody like he did. But God may have you tell some people so they'll know. But you know what? When it comes, you say, God gave me that. God blessed me with that. Everything I have is because of God. This journey we're on is really everything. You might think you own it, but God's got it. He gave it to you. Here, here let's establish it. I have believed. Mark eleven twenty two, and Jesus, this is where Jesus spoke to the tree. He told the power, the power of words and the power of prayer. He spoke to a tree and he cursed it. He didn't have to curse that tree, but it's just the last week he's on the earth. If, you, if somebody said, you, you're going to die in one week, aren't you going to call some people? Aren't you going to tell them, hey, man, I love you, appreciate you. I, I'm going to be gone next Wednesday. <clears throat> I know people have done that. David and Joshua in the Bible knew that that was their time. They called everybody in. Jesus knows his time is up. And he gave this example how powerful it is. And so he just, the Peter said, look at the tree. It's drying up at the root. You just spoke to it yesterday. You killed it. It's the power of words. Are you killing your kids? Are you killing yourself? Man, I'm always a day late and a dollar short. I can never get ahead. If somebody's going to get sick, it's going to be me. What? Quit praying that. Now, Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. For assuredly, 
I say to you that whosoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things uh, he, has, he says will be done. And he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them first, and then you will have them. It's hard to do, especially when you're, you, you, you're sick. Man, this, this, thing, this arm is killing me. Bad thing right there. It ain't going to kill you. Your words will kill you. But when you're in pain, it's hard to stand there. You're, mm, it's hard to stand there. It doesn't matter what you feel like. You're still a Christian, right? You may wake up in the morning feeling terrible. You're still a Christian. Doesn't matter what you're going through, what kind of battles you're going through. You're a child of God, and God's giving you promises to stand. He's giving you a cross to bear. Huh? I don't have it as good as some of y'all, and y'all don't have, some of y'all don't have it as good as me, but I have a cross to bear. I have to live my life, but I have to use my faith daily. And I have to learn how to call those things as be not. I have to put the promises in my heart. I have to live by the promises of God. Miss Shirley's not here. She's off testifying and preaching somewhere, but she told the story that her and her husband went up to a man in a wheelchair. And she, she said, or he said, if you'll put the Word of God in you, God will raise you up out of that wheelchair. And you know what he said? Because I've had people want me to pray for them in a wheelchair, not to get out, just they had a cold. He said, I'll get out of this wheelchair if you'll teach me. Three months, they taught him the Word. They taught him the Word. They taught him the Word. They taught him the word until it became a part of him, until the spirit of faith came up and started rising in him, that he knew that God was for him, that God was with him. And after three months, they had a witness. It's time to pray for him, and he'll get out of that wheelchair. And they prayed for him, and he got out of that wheelchair. Wow. But the word of God works. The promises of God works. And you may have never heard this, this sermon like this before. You may be looking at me like, man, you have lost it. This is all Bible. Everything I'm quoting is from the Word. And it's, 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 it's hard to understand because we may have to change our thinking, our actions. And that's what we'll talk about next Sunday for sure. But, but you don't change the Word, you change you. Now, I used to love to play ball, play basketball. We didn't have baseball. Our high school was too little. The year I graduated, they got a baseball team. And, oh, man, they won state. But I love the bat. And a good batter holds a bat, and, and you, you got a good swing. But you can get in a slump. But you don't change your swing, and that's where you messed up. I, the, I had three different coaches change my shot on a basketball until I lost all confidence. Until I couldn't, I didn't want to shoot anymore. I rebound, I played defense, I played guard, I played every position on the court. But swinging a bat, you want to swing the same way. If you need to reposition, you want to back up, you want to move forward. Maybe you want to get closer to the plate. Maybe you want to back up a little bit. That's what you got to change. You got to change your thinking and believe the Word of God. I've never seen that before. It doesn't matter. The Bible says you can have it. I, I, I never get anything from God. It's because you're not standing on the Word. You got to change your position on that. Change your thinking on that. Change your words on that. Because your words tell you what's in your heart. The Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
I can't have that. Cain never could do anything. God said, yes, 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the prom- in Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Yes, and so be it. But you got to be a partaker of it. You got to get up to the plate. You got to put the bat in your hand. I believe God. Are you going to believe? You got to reposition yourself to believe God. Be a believer, not a doubter. Ooh. We got to love God and we want to do His word and do His will. And man, things are added to you. Some of you should be going. Some of you should be sending. Well, how do you send? You give them money. We got a missionary coming, and, and there are over two and a half million people saved in his ministry. He keeps up with it. Very specific. In Peru, they had 3,000 people to save in their last trip. 3,000, that's awesome. Good people to send. Good soul to send people. Get your money ready. When he comes, bless him. Maybe you want to go. Go with him. He'll train you. He'll teach you. And, and it's, all, it's all good. And, and they have a team to go and set it up. It's, it's safe. Matter of fact, there was two cities they go to in Peru. They gave him the key to the city. That's cool. They appreciate, the mayors appreciate what they're doing in their community. Been going there for years, preaching the gospel, getting thousands saved. So are you a sender or a goer? If you're a goer, we, 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 we'll help send you. So, so number five, we're going to land this airplane, huh? Bind Satan over your request and lose the angels to cause your desire to come to pass. You ever thought about angels wanting to help you? What moves an angel? The Word of God. The promises of God. You ever thought about binding the devil over your life? All right, if I'm holding the bat and I'm on the team and I step up in my own defense or offense, if I'm at the bat, yell it out, Rob. Thank you. I'm on offense. Some of y'all don't know. Okay, it's okay. The team out in the field with the gloves on, they're playing defense. You need the devil playing defense. Quit letting him play offense. You put a bat in my hand, you don't know where I'm going to hit it. I played soap pitch. I batted 800. I can hit it over there. I can hit it over there. I can hit it over there. I can hit it on the ground. I can hit it in the air. I can chop it in there, and I'll chop it in enough, move you up, then I'm going to hit it over your head. Unmerciful. I'm unmerciful to the devil. He ought not know what I'm going to do next. But if I'm not playing offense and i got to get a glove on that, now I'm trying to figure out, oh, I wonder what he's going to do to me now. Let's put a promise in your mouth and play some offense. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. All authority, Jesus said, has been given to me, and I give it to my church. We are the church. Every believer is the church. You've got authority. Use it. Bind you, Satan, over my husband, over my wife, over my children, over my mind. When's the last time you did that? All right, today when you get in the car, you need to bind the devil. Angels encamp about me, according to Psalms 91. We're driving home, and there's some knuckleheads out there, Lord. Help me, protect me, 
Keep me. Let me see it before it happens. Show me where to turn. Show me when to pull over. And show me when to slow down. I know that we don't do that. In Matthew 16, 19, and Jesus said, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth be loosed in heaven. What? Not in heaven where God's at. There are three heavens the Bible talks about. The heaven where God's at, nothing needs to be bound there, does it? There's no sickness, no sorrow, no pain. But the heaven is the, the second heaven is the atmosphere. The powers and principalities, the rulers of darkness. That's what we're binding. Okay? The other heavens, the stars. But the heaven over the earth, the heavens over the earth, the atmosphere. In Matthew 18, 18, and surely I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth be loose in heaven says the same thing. Are you binding? Are you binding the devil? Come on. Tell him, to go, tell him what for. Tell him where to get off. Tell him to get out. And the Bible says he'll leave you. He left Jesus. Now, according to angels, talk about angels. Hebrews 1.14 says, are angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? All in the Bible, you see where angels came and visited. Daniel, angels came and visited. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You'll see angels got Peter out of prison. You'll see where an angel stood before this one and that. The Bible says you can entertain angels. We don't seek angels, but we put the word of God in our mouth, and we send angels, just like it says, to go minister to people, to get them saved. Angels can even bring healing. Come on. So we, we have to recognize that there's a work that angels are doing. Okay. And number six. What do we have on there? We are number five. That was the last one. I got six, seven, eight. We can keep going. We're going to finish this, and we'll talk about it more. But learn to bind the devil. You have authority. Get your bat out and walk him on the head. I tell the story. I had a youth in the van with me one day, and we was talking about the devil doing this and that. And I said, if he was walking down the sidewalk, I'd run over him. I'd run smooth over the devil. But he's not physical. He's not a physical being. He's spiritual, and he attacks you right here. And that's what we're going to talk about next Sunday, is learning how to get rid of the whys and the doubt and the fear. We talked about fear, but come on, in our prayer life, distractions. God wants you to believe him. God wants you to stand with him. God wants you to fight for him. The Bible says it calls us ambassadors. The Bible calls us disciple makers. That means you're going to have to fight. You're going to stand in the gap. You're going to learn how to pray the prayer of faith. Grab somebody's hand. Let's pray. Pray with them. Pray for them. Hear God's voice. You mean you can hear God's voice? Yes, you can hear God's voice. It's, that's where it gets fun. Because you go, that was God. Woo. So, I want you to bow your heads this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, according to Mark 4, that we can believe that it would be planted in the good soul of our heart and that we'll learn to live by your word 
and stand on your word, to have victory in our life, to see our lives change for the better, to be strengthened, Lord God. But Father, the promise that we started with and that I want to remind everyone that you are not too far gone. You have not backslidden to where God cannot reach you. You are not so unsaved that God can't save you, that all things are possible, that anybody can be born again, that anybody can receive Jesus as Lord. And if you're in this place today and you're not sure, you need to make sure today when you walk out of here, you'll never have to look back that you're a child of God, that heaven belongs to you, that you're in the family of God and nothing can take you out of his hand and that you'll never turn your back on him ever again. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, you've never received him before in your life, would you lift your hand? Say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. I see that hand. I see that hand. Now, some of you have prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart, and maybe you haven't been living for him. Today's the day that you need to turn your life around and say, Father, I give it all up. I make you Lord. I believe in you. I, I trust you. I, I know you're real, but I haven't lived for you. If that's you, would you lift your hands today and say, Jesus, take me back. Draw me close. If that's you, just lift your hand high. I see your hand. I see that hand too and that hand. God loves you and God will no wise cast you out. I see your hand. Glory, glory, glory. Look at me and let's pray this together. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thank you for his shed blood and the victory that comes with it. I thank you today. I changed my mind. I changed my life. To make you Lord, to make you king, I'll believe your word and I will stand on your word for myself, for my family, and for others. In Jesus' name, amen. 